There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I know what love is. I love you. You complete me. I may have never been kissed on Notting Hill, but I found the podcast you get the film. Maybe I'm clueless, but this is good as it gets. Page Mikey and Todd serving the best of my best friend's wedding. Rom-coms, true love, and heavy petting. Be crying on the couch, but we're not forgetting. The most of these flicks are trash. We relive it again. All romance in the podcast. As you wish. I've been doing a lot of things. The thing is, I love you. Looks like love at first sight to me. Let's record. Uh, record. Charles St. Cloud. It's not Charles St. Cloud? I mean, that's probably what his name is. It was actually Charlie Percival St. Cloud. You see it on his diploma. They also say it, and in my notes I just have in all caps, Percival. <laughs> we don't even need laugh lines. That's a bonus one for free. Yeah, guys, just started it up. <laughs> we have so much to talk about, it's overflowing. But Paige is eating. What are you eating, Paige? Peachios for my mental health. <laughs> That's the way she said it every time. It's always for her mental health. That's one, not how mental health works. What are you, like a professional? <laughs> 100%. That'll be $125. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at Peachios. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. Randolph and I'm Todd and this week Mikey made us watch Charlie St. Cloud okay all right I'll take the credit y'all were picking movies that were too movie I picked a movie that's more my movie (laughs) I like how we said that is more movie like like our movies are more movie but Mikey's movies are more Mikey question mark your movies are like actually movies and this is a fever dream where Zac Efron fucks a ghost. No, so, it's like, not a ghost. It's not a ghost, Payne. We, we are going to talk about this immediately because it's not a ghost. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an astral projection. It's an, it is an astral projection, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a get dead astral projection. Salt burn. <laughs> let, me, let me reel this Wait, in. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say salt burn? Is this somehow related to salt burn? Yeah, because he fucked the grave and I was like, hey. I thought about that and I put it in my notes when, when they fucked in the grave. So last week when we were talking about it, I was like, you know, I saw a movie once. With Zac Efron, that was, like, really... Well, and then we also set the joke up about, like, it may trigger you, Todd, because of your brother stuff. But it quickly takes the veil off of that, and and you're just like, huh, so this isn't that serious, because it's... This movie is batshit insane. This movie is insane. (laughs) Mikey can't even finish one thought. Let's Okay, I want to talk about my three major pillars that make this an amazing film. Talk about it. Do you have slides? I don't have slides because this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Pillar one, 
There's a twist at the end for no reason that she's been a ghost force projection. She's not a ghost, not a force projection. She's an astral projection. She's a fapparition. Got it. The whole time. Yes. Who? He talks to his dead brother like a journal the whole time, and the whole town watches him talk to nobody. I feel like I've heard this song before. Is this a Brian McKnight song? I feel like I've heard this Third song. Third pillar. This Ray Liotta and this town straight up put people who they're trying to save on the same cars as dead people from the accidents. So you have to ride to a hospital <laughs> with the deceased, no matter what the event is, as you get worked on by so he wakes up he's not flatlined turns to the right it is his dead brother's body which is such an efficient way to do car wrecks that we're just not <laughs> doing right now as a society and we start back in <laughs> one thank you for getting my joke page those are my three pillars why it's great i was texting todd during the thing where i finally noticed that his dead brother was just strapped to the side of the ambulance for no reason he was strapped to the side of it on the outside or anything he was just in a gurney on in the ambulance on a double-sided ambulance i mean it's he a strapped double wide him, yeah he strapped him in a captain's chair deceased <laughs> on the other side that body would be flying around he called shotgun mikey what were we supposed to do todd's like crying during this scene texting about it and i'm laughing my ass off because he, he's like i'm alive where's my brother oh he's sitting right next to you <laughs> By the way, Mikey just went limp-bodied. You couldn't see it because it's a podcast, but he just went full-on limp-bodied. I don't know. I think this movie is so bonkers, it's amazing, and I think Zac Efron can pick a romantic comedy like no other. Oh, yeah. Dude's amazing. <laughs> That's true, because this is two for two on fucking oh, yes, bonkers. it is. Because he's also the guy that walked from Colorado to Louisiana, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> And he goes all in. Like, he's trying to, he's giving it his all in this film. And I love that. Man, he is acting his ass off in this movie. He, he's giving us blue steel at every moment. Because he's always <laughs> just like, almost crying. Just like, mm, mm. So if somebody walked by <laughs> that graveyard, he would have been fucking an empty grave. Like, on no, top of it. No, he would not have been. She wasn't in the grave. No, but Mikey's right because she's gone. Like she, no one else can see her but him. She is a fapparition, right? So that means <laughs> if somebody else walked up on them, he'd be salt burning that grave, just like hardcore, just digging it up with his dick. So what you're saying is this movie ripped off Phantasm, and I agree. Pretty close. All of us had rough days. This movie's a cheer up movie. This movie is so weird and so bonkers and so self serious about these bonkers things. Yes. yes. I had forgotten the twist where she was an apparition. And she I was like, not an Ooh. apparition. She's a fapparition. She's an astral projection. I will take fapparition too. Todd. Todd loves this. Look, he is arguing about the vernacular of the film is how much he loves this film. I hated how much I loved this movie. And five years later, your dead brother ghost is still shitty at baseball. Like, at that point. Oh, my God. I thought the you guys have been practicing. He made his younger brother come back every day and practice baseball with him. That's like the most older brother move ever. And the movie shows us. The movie shows us. He was going to heaven, but him making him practice baseball was stopping him yes, from going to heaven. It was. Or sliding on trash cans or whatever. 
Yeah, whatever that was. Does he just carry the trash can lids with him all the time? He he got them from his uh, cottage that he lives in. I know, but like, did he go back and get them? Or I does guess, he always yeah, have them? I guess, yeah. Well, and then the brother can wander around, not just in the woods, but there's nothing makes it. And then they hire Kim Basinger to be the mom. And what you think will come back later for some powerful scene. Nope. And she never, it never happens. She left a very boring, where have you been voicemail. (laughs) Never happens. I honestly think this movie sets like an unrealistic expectation of what a girl should have to do to get a fucking guy to notice her. Like, (laughs) Jesus, she has to be the youngest girl to like sail around the ocean. And then when she's trying to do that, she has to wreck her boat and then astral project project. herself and then woo this dude into fucking astral projection her enough to where he cares about her to go save her life. Like, this is an unrealistic expectation like that we're setting here. I submit (laughs) that this film is called. The sex sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he runs around town. He's like, no, she's not dead, but kind of dead because I can see her. And all of his friends and her friends are like, go get her then. What are let's you waiting do it. for? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> when Russell Bad was like, I'll believe you. You're my mate or whatever. Like, I was like, that is not how humans talk. And you are not going to believe him. Like, if he told you what was going on, you would not believe him. That guy has an accent like someone who doesn't have an accent, but just decided that they were going to do one for a movie and just wing it. Yeah, he was just like a really bad like, hey, Russell Brand's popular right now. Can we just like hire someone to talk like him? Yeah. Do you, did you see Forgetting Sarah Marshall do that? Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's my very important question. Mm. Completely hypothetical. Let's say we're not attached to our various partners, whatever. Who would you astral project to to get them to fall in love with you? You have like two nights or whatever to astral project to somebody and trick them into saving you on a boat. Who do you trick? Someone really good at sailing, first off. That, that narrows down good a call, ton of people. Good call. That does. That does. James Cameron? Yeah, if you just pick a rando, they're not coming to save you. Yeah. Hey, Bodie McBoatface, it's me. I'd be yeah. like, well, I'm alive, Paige and Todd, but unfortunately, I'm married to Brad, this Coast Guard captain now, because he's saved <laughs> Not here. Here they're like, Coast Guard's a little overloaded. Can you guys just go look for her yourself? I was like, damn, this town really has skimped the funds for their emergency <laughs> services. Load her up in the dead people boat where we ship back 10 dead people at a time. But only if they're good at baseball. That's why the brother is stuck on land. Oh, my gosh. There has to be a two-hour cut of this film out there somewhere. (laughs) With what? With what? This movie is like an hour and 40 minutes long, and it's just madness. I know. They definitely had to cut stuff with Kim Basinger, Basinger, the mom. Right. They definitely cut stuff with Ray Liotta. Of course, because why would you get Ray Liotta if he was only going to be in two scenes and have four lines? (laughs) Yes! He gives her the necklace after having coffee once. I love that his wife showed up and was like, he's dead. He wanted you to have this. I'm going to leave now. He said it's the answer to all of your problems, wink. I'm definitely not a fapparition. Bye. (laughs) This is the type of film that made me want to do this podcast. Yes. No, (laughs) you're right. I mean, Zac Efron is all in on this film. Yeah. He is all in yeah and i love that for him me too and he has to know 
that this movie's insane. I know he can read, so he has to know that. But also, like, I loved this movie. Can I just say it? I loved this movie. <laughs> I, I unapologetically loved this film. Yeah. It's the perfect mix of like pure insanity and my trauma that I was just like forced to like laugh through my tears through because I laughed a lot in this movie, but I cried even more and I loved it. It was insane. It was insane. My eyes did get a little buttery at points. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Paige's eyes got all savory. Savory. (laughs) Under her buttery eyes. Under my buttery eyes. (laughs) It's just so batshit. It's just so good at being like him waking up on the ambulance to see his dead brother's body as they're both on the way to the hospital together is the perfect scene. I mean, that's not as weird as you might think, Mikey. Yeah, that's not that weird. (laughs) Oh, it's so weird because one, ambulances, I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's one patient per ambulance unless it's like a mass casualty event. That's been my experience, yes. And if if they're DOA, they don't go on an ambulance at at all. They go on a corner. (laughs) That's true. Or he tried to do CPR on the kid, just covered him up and threw him on the couch and then put Zac Efron's body up there to start him. What? Couch, Mikey. Do you think there's a couch in ambulances? Well, because so in the middle of the ambulance, you have a gurney on the sides. You have like seats facing the gurney, like three seats, like a little medical sofa. Yeah, it's like a bench. (laughs) Yes, not like a couch. (laughs) Couch. Those are two drastically different things, bro. Uh, It's definitely like a love seat. (laughs) It's a sleeper. Well, only when you're in the ambulance, Mikey. You know what I'm saying? It's it's our emergency futon for emergency. (laughs) Also, like you can't strap dead bodies onto this bench. It's like captain's. Any any paramedic out there has to laugh so hard. I was laughing so hard at this concept, Mikey. You can't strap dead people to any couches, like out of the box, like with the couches' normal accoutrements. They don't come with. With corpse straps. you But you wouldn't just be like, all right, this guy we're going to give CPR on, throw that dead body in the chair over there. And it would just have it slide around the ambulance as they're taking That's a hard <laughs> right. <laughs> it would just be sliding around. They're like, we didn't get the weekend. You got to strap on. it in. There's no way to strap it down. And they don't even, they don't even have him body bagged up because his hand is out. Like, you keep yes, zipped he up. He just has a shirt over him. <laughs> I couldn't stop <laughs> thinking about that scene the rest of the film. I couldn't stop thinking about that scene for different reasons. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and turn the number of episodes since Todd <laughs> talked about his brother's shit. Oh my God. I'm turning that back to zero because this is like the first 20 minutes is like specifically my trauma. But did you also make your brother show up to show you how to play catch for five years? Yeah, you had a better bro- a better older brother because he didn't make you meet him to go get, you know, practice baseball <laughs> yeah. for the next five years. I've got stuff to do. Bring your drums to the woods and strum with me. <laughs> no, it was my older brother who died, like literally like two years older than me or like a year and 10 months, but who's counting? I know, yeah. So if it was him that, if, if it was us doing this, he would have been like, God, why are you trying to copy me? Stop trying to get into heaven or whatever. It would be like that kind of <laughs> shit. He would be like <laughs> trying to like separate himself from me. No, as we learn later on, the alive <laughs> brother is stopping the other sibling from going to heaven. So you would have no, been cursing. I know. I know. That's the difference between having an older brother and a younger brother. The older brother is going to be selfish and be like, no, you have to stay here for me. Whereas the younger brother's going to be like, I'm going to go ahead and live my life, but thank you. Is it selfish to go to heaven as a dead person? (laughs) 
I think that's just what dead people do. I know. He should let them do that. I like that's what I'm saying. The older brother would be like, I'm leaving. You stay here. This is the normal order. I know. Things. That's the way it should be. It, this could have been solved with a very normal, he's always a ghost and always around and always at the graveyard. And that's why he lives at the graveyard and doesn't leave town. Instead, he's got to be in the woods at the canon time, at the sunset time. Yeah, it's only during like golden hour, guys. It's overly yeah. complicated. Have him be a full-on fucking ghost and it explains a lot more of the film. Dude, I love that like his brother's time period is like golden hour. So you're like, oh, cool. During golden hour, he can see astral projections and ghosts or whatever. No, that's not what it is. Like, he sees them whenever. Like, it doesn't matter, but that's never explained. Nothing is ever explained. No. And you know what this needed? This needed a little bit of American Werewolf where people started to show their injuries. How awesome would that have been? She does. She does do that. Oh, that's right, because she's got the head injury. Yes, she starts bleeding from the head. When he goes back to the grave he fucked her on, which is her dad, I think. I think they fucked on a different grave, I hope. I just realized that this is actually, and I don't know if it's a ripoff or parallel thinking because it's around the same time. This exact scenario also happens in MacGruber. The movie? I have not seen that in a while. I've never seen that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's where It's where his wife, Maya Rudolph, who has passed, appears to him as a fapparition and they have sex on her grave. But then his friends show up because they're worried about him and he's just by himself jerking it off, jerking off on the grave. And that's why his friend is like, I'll believe anything you told me because two nights ago I watched you have sex in the graveyard by yourself. <laughs> but he is fully like crazy though. Like he is crazy, right? Because he's doing no, crazy he's shit. He's suffering from mental illness, yes. Todd. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, probably the right guys, way to say it. Guys, 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 from the outside, it would appear that way. But the movie and the evidence shows us that he is seeing and doing real things. She remembers the time. Oh, and yes. he figures out where she is based on all the magic. So it's not. A mental illness. It is real apparitions and real ghosts and real astral projections. Mikey is right. We have to live inside the the reality of the like magical realism of the universe that we're living in. And he is right. When his brother goes for heaven, he said, Ooh, there's that girl you fucked. <laughs> he was like, hey, there's that girl you astral projected inside of. So I have a logistical question. Sure. Mm -hmm. If it was their first time in the graveyard, I thought about this too. Are they still virgins? No. We don't know that he's a virgin. No, I'm, I know. I'm just saying. I'm asking if that counts. Like, does Astro Project fucking count? No, I no. don't think so. That's like <laughs> AOL stuff right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like AOL I didn't realize the A and ASL stood for astral projection, sex, location. I just didn't realize that that's what ASL stood for. You got to have physical penetration for this couple. For this couple. I'm just saying physical contact, I guess. Yes. No, no VR. Right. VR sex is not real sex. I would consider this... <laughs> The equivalent of having like a real vivid sex dream where you wake up and you're like, that was awesome. Y'all ever had a sex dream and you wake up in a graveyard talking to a goose? <laughs> like, that's what happens in this movie. And it's like proud of that fact. And he's not he's not weird about it. He wakes up and he's just like, sounds about right, goose friend. I'm going to shoot you <laughs> later. I'm going to chase you with trash can lids. And that goose is just like, 
this is how you treat me the morning after? My cloaca will never recover from last night. <laughs> how dare you, Maverick? We were bonded. <laughs> That's the last time we see the geese. So I wonder what happened that night. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. But like, don't Google a goose's mouth. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I can't imagine <laughs> why I would, but okay. It's real gross. I believe you. It's a horror show in there. A horror show? A horror <laughs> show. And people at work get mad because we say horror virgin. And I said, it sounds too much like horror. <laughs> The rural juror. Yeah. yeah. Horror virgin. Horror virgin. Now we're just saying the name of our other podcast on this podcast. Would you guys just want to get into the movie so we can go through it scene by sailing scene? Yes, we got to go through this movie so we can talk about the fucking madness. Okay, first of all, we open and he's sailing on some kind of boat. I don't know what kind of boat it is, so I'm not even going to try because I don't want to get your emails about it. It's a sailboat. It is a two-person Skidamarinkadink, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know. It's a two-person boat. Him and his brother are riding on it, and they're, like, leaning back into the wind because it's blowing their sail, and they're, like, trying to win the race, and they do barely win the race from these this other team who we come to find out is a villain. You really painted the picture there. Thank you. Well, I'll tell Honestly? you what. These are the boats my dad used to race when he was a kid. Oh, my and, God. And uh, I've got a bunch of pictures of, like, those types of boats, and I don't know anything about them. Well, the way you're acting... It's like an anchor. You're weighing us down. <laughs> I don't think these have anchors. I don't know. They I don't definitely know. I don't have know. Anchors. Boats have anchors. I don't know about boats. I don't know. I don't think these have sails. Um, yeah, they definitely no, have anchors. Who knows? Some boats don't have sails. No, some boats don't have sails. I know. All, all boats, boats have, have anchors. anchors. You're right. You're right. Some, no, not all boats have anchors. Rowboats don't have anchors unless you bring one. A canoe doesn't have an anchor. Okay. This is not a 20 toes scenario. There are boats without anchors. Paige aggressively cannot be wrong and isn't. Isn't. And isn't. I'm not. <laughs> I still think the point Mikey and I were trying to make is valid. A though. large boat has yes. fucking anchors. Yes. Are also, these large? Paige, what size yes, are if boats? If it's bigger than a car. Paige, if it's bigger than a car. You on a technicality. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. I am. If it's bigger than a car, <laughs> it's got a fucking anchor. I don't know. It's not even that late for this level of insanity. It's this movie's fault. It's only 845. I told you all that this was going to be a blessing upon your lives, and you didn't believe me. I, Mikey, needed this so bad. I loved this movie. I should have purchased this film. I <laughs> hate that I didn't, and I paid $5 to rent it. I paid three ninety nine, so I don't know what you're doing. I fucked oh, up. I got it free because I had fucking stars. Suck a dick. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> I'm not shocked this movie's on it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean a thing you like? A thing you enjoyed? And, and we're just talking about how much Paige, you enjoyed? I'm not saying you're right on a technicality, but I still think the joke holds up. I bet stars got an anchor. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> it goes on too long. It's the most boring boat race I've ever seen. They're just like, lean back. And then they lean back for like 10 minutes and then they win. Well, you have to lean back because the sail, like it, it you're like getting blown by the wind so hard. You have to lean <laughs> back. Oh, like There's a separation. Yeah. Tell me more about this. Anyway, whatever. They win the race. Everyone in this movie is getting blown by We've the wind. We've all been there. I had to lean all the way back because I'll get blown too hard. <laughs> yeah, he's leaning back with his hands behind his head. Like, uh, give it to me, wind. Oh, uh, carabiner me. Listen, this is the race with his brother. We cannot talk about this kind of stuff. 
His brother's like 12. Yeah, but his brother also like asks for bikini pics later, so whatever. That is weird. I didn't I don't remember that. Well, okay. I mean, he's done the, the the ghost thing for 5 years, so he's like 17 ghost yeah. years. Oh wait, is that how it works? Like if I talked to my brother, would he be like the age he would be today if he was still alive or would he be the 17 year old that died? He'd have the same body as the 17 year old, but the mind of like Oof. a 44 year old. Ooh, now this I is like hate. a Peggy Sue got married scenario. Ooh, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> That's rough. Ah, uh, okay. Ugh. Anyway, we do find out that Charlie St. Cloud, AKA Zach Efron is supposed to go to Stanford on a sailing scholarship and these other two assholes that lost this race are going to Yale. Yeah, his mom must be Candace Cameron. Oh, wait, it wasn't Candace Cameron. Who was it? It was the other one. Uh, the William Macy's. Felicity Huffman is uh, is Macy's wife. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. We're fucking researching a joke that's going to be like a throw. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <what, that's what, laughs> whatever. It's Lo it's Lori Loughlin. That's it's the not one. Candace yeah, okay, Cameron. Yeah, yeah. What's her mom, Lori Loughlin? Because <laughs> <laughs> her mom got her a fake sailing scholar. It's fine, whatever. It was crew. It was rowing, not sailing. But either way, it actually wasn't that because they weren't in that sport. They just, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. They just bought admission to a school. Yeah, anyway, Zach Efron's like the best boat guy in town and people are like I wish I could boat as well as Zac Efron and he's like well you fucking can't and my middle name is Percival <laughs> it is though his middle name is oh because St. Cloud <laughs> oh god anyway <laughs> we meet his classmate Dave Franco who's like I'm shipping off to boot camp Kager tonight you have to come and he's like, all right, fine, but I got to go home and play catch for some reason. Oh, we got to talk about that too, Paige. 30 of his classmates are dead by the end of this film. Oh, yes. So many. <laughs> well, but okay. Oh, this is going to get dark. This came out- 2010. 2010. But the book was written like 2008. So like right yes. all, of yes, them, yes, all yes. the wars. All, uh -huh. all the wars. Because when I graduated in 06, a bunch of the people who went, I went to high school with went into various services. Yeah, same. And some shipped out, same. Some, some didn't. Yeah. And as far as I know, like to my knowledge, I don't think we lost anybody. Oh, you did? From my group. I know. That's why I'm like, it's straight up miracle. Yeah, Because great. everyone else I know that is our age knows multiple people. Yeah. That, that died at war because we were in everywhere at that time. I don't know a ton. I could probably name one and there might be more but you know but yeah it, it did happen like it wasn't uncommon you know no but we had 20 to 30 go off yeah at that time because yeah absolutely. we were class of 02 03 or whatever you know and it does happen or it did happen i remember pretty quickly after graduation a lot of them left pretty soon yes if you young people can imagine back then that no matter what political party you believed in everyone was very pro yes america and war oh, and like yeah. we wanted to march off and defend the homeland and then it was crazy yeah it was wild but this movie is saying that this school lost 30 of its graduating class in like a brigade and it's like well i mean depending on how big their school was but like what i was kind of getting to is like think about each of us know and here's the thing even people i didn't go to school with i know of people sure and it doesn't sound like a lot when you're like well i know one or two but we all know one or two yeah yeah yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. yeah. it adds up <laughs> you know it's kind of like covid they're like it didn't kill that many people but i was like if you ask people they like everybody kind of knows somebody who died of covid yeah right it's a lot of people yeah anyway so he goes to play catch with his his brother at home as the sun is setting. And he's like a weird asshole about punctuality for this. Just like a teenage boy. Well, it's 
it's this weird there's both a lot of younger brother energy because his brother's like i want to go with you i want to do all the stuff but he's also just like motherfucker can you just stay at home like it's very you know it's Nobody's in the right It's just all bad Anyway Yeah I mean his mom Does sort of like drop That he has to like Take care of his younger brother Because she works a double Right Right so he can go to Stanford Because Stanford at this time $51,000 a year Ooh Do you want me to do Some inflation calculation Please do Because I applied to Stanford Four years before This movie came out And my parents were like Look, if you get in, good for you, but there's no way we could afford that. And I did not get in. I was not smart enough for that shit. Well, you should have spent your time sailing or being uh, Lori Laughlin's daughter. Um, if you adjust that $51,000 to today's dollars, it's $71,800 today. I bet it's gone up more than inflation. I, well, at least that, that would not shock me. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, okay, so so tuition for 2021 to 2022 is still $56,169. Oh, Okay. Anyway, I wish Charlie would have seen the 30 ghosts of the army people in this in the cemetery. That I know cuz he only sees the one in a hat that is like four sizes too large. We'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> it's the, one of the most bonkers things I've ever seen. Dave Franco looks like he found his dad's uniform. <laughs> And the hat is so big. Which is not his fault. That's costuming. That's not his. I'm not going to lie to you. This is the ugliest Dave Franco has ever looked. Agreed. Well, this is very young Dave Franco. It this is. must have been one of the very first things he did. Yeah. And you'd think that would have set him up to have a few more scenes, but no. Well, he wasn't famous at the time. Uh, and this was, I think, his first or close to it. Everything else. Oh, no. He was in Superbad. And Superbad was a couple years before this. Yeah, but... It, it sets him up at the beginning, lots of screen time at the beginning. He comes back in the middle five years later where you think he's going to be like his mom, like all these people coming back and being like, you need to live your life. Right. And none of them come back. No. Well, and, okay. Let, well, we got to keep moving. We can't get bogged down because there's a lot of corn mazes to get stuck in in this movie. Okay. <laughs> so he ha he's supposed to babysit his brother, but he wants to go to the party. And so he's going to leave his brother at home. But then the brother's like, I want to come with you. And he's like, fine, get in the car. They set up that the car is not functioning well, so it's kind of stalling. Right. So they get in the car and drive. The car stalls out. And they have, like, a full few seconds to be like, oh, shit, our car is stalled out. Like, whatever. Before the truck just, like, T-bones them out of nowhere. And I'm like, there's no way that truck didn't see them. <laughs> like oh, they weren't stalled out. They were stopped at a red light. They he's, He was turning uh, his wheel because he was, he was going to turn left. But that drunk driver hit the back of him. The reason they show his wheel turning is because that's what, because of the momentum of the car behind him slamming into him, Got pushes it. them sideways into the intersection and lets them get hit straight on from that, or on his brother's side get hit straight on, which is why his brother died. Right. It is not shot great. It's very difficult to fully understand what's going on. I was a little triggered by this moment, so I like remember all the details of it. You just need to watch the 11-year-old turn to the camera, say Charlie, as the truck slams into the car. It's brutal, man. It's awful. Charlie? It's as wild as Wicker Man. It's as wild <laughs> as the one in Wicker Man. The one in Wicker Man that's physically impossible on the road that they present, like, it's that crazy. I know. Also, they're, like, hit by a drunk driver, but, like, it's the truck. And the drunk driver is the one who rear ends them. Which ultimately causes the sure, car to sure. go into the other guy's lane. Yes. The drunk driver would have been charged for with vehicular homicide. Yeah. And then attempted vehicular homicide, probably. 
Manslaughter. Probably. But that truck driver is never going to recover, even though all he did no. was kill the brother. I don't know, man. Truck drivers, man, they just like like train conductors. Just They just keep going. We made you. Sorry, that was a, the maximum <laughs> yeah, yeah. overdrive call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm bawling at this point. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a little savory. Dude, the whole like ambulance ride, I was like full on ass weeping. Oh, no, you're skipping. You're skipping that they're ghosts outside the car first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, yes. They are, okay. But okay. they also they also like Star Trek Enterprise transport from underneath the car to in the ambulance. No, the bodies are still in the car, Paige, because they're like, who's coming to check on us? Oh, oh, he's like, don't let him find us. Who, who they're gonna find us? Yes. Yeah. 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 When you know they're all ghosts, the you have to do it a second watch. You get to learn things. Well, but okay. So like, don't they're gonna find us? They're gonna find us. And then as he shines the light. Zach Efron turns into like some sort of red glowing. He's like, I'll never leave yeah. you. Ah! <laughs> and then we cut to the ambulance. Yeah. Yes. Then you cut to Ray Liotta, who's like, his partner's like, just give up. It's not like it's our job to try to save people. And he's like, you're a dick. And then he say, and then Zach Efron comes back. Yeah. Wakes up fully conscious without oxygen. And he's like, what happened? Did I die in a car wreck? Yes, you did. Where's my brother? We did not strap him in. He's sliding around the ambulance over to your right. <laughs> And this is where I couldn't stop laughing in the whole film. I am, at this point of the movie, literally weeping. Because, <laughs> because he would have woken up crying about his brother, the ambulance would have turned left, and then he would have slid off that chair <laughs> onto the floor, just plum, plum. And then, like, that's a comedy. You know what I'm saying? Can I ask a, a really horribly morbid question? Please, please ask it. So we see that they basically just have him, like, covered with a blanket, like, with his arm hanging out for for dramatic effect. Yes. God. If that body, as Mikey posits, were to tumble around the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Is it funnier if it's just covered with a blanket or is it funnier in a body bag and it's just a body bag rolling around the ambulance? <laughs> it's funnier with a blanket because the blanket could go over Zac Efron's eyes while the body rolls around. All I know is that <laughs> once it start ro starts rolling around, all I want to hear is, <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor! Hit the floor! Let the bodies hit the floor! <laughs> but... But instead, as you first came back to life after 20 minutes of like not heart beating, he's like, your brother's dead. I have to tell you this in this ambulance where we, we also have your, we've shoveled your brother up. Shoveled your brother up? Well, no, he, he tells him that he's okay and that he just needs to like rest because he's trying to like not tell him. He's like, he's okay. He's going to be fine. And then he sees the hand just hanging out because it's just, again, riding shotgun. And he's just like, no. <laughs> Budget cuts. There's no county coroner. There's no police force. There's no one else. There's one ambulance. It picks up everybody on scene. We do. They do their best. They do their best. Anyway, we cut to the funeral where Zac Efron is supposed to put the baseball glove in the the grave. Yes. But he sees what he thinks is his brother hiding behind a gravestone. And so he just walks away from this funeral and doesn't tell anybody anything. Oh, no, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. <laughs> and no one goes after him. This would have been a great second scene for the mom, you know? Like, yes. Oh, you mean her last scene, more or less? She should have. No one walked after him. All his friends, quote unquote, 
where he's like, I can't do this funeral. And he sobs and runs away. I know. And everyone's just like, fuck him. Let's just keep burying this get kid. This going? I got yeah. a, I got a crock pot on. We got to get back. And he doesn't like go to the car. <laughs> he runs into the woods by the cliff, by the beach, by the graveyard. Yes. Red flag. Yes. <laughs> no, it's a red catcher's mitt. Not catcher's mitt, but baseball glove. And he like right. runs into the soundstage they're gonna film half this movie spoiler alert sure and then he drops the glove and the ball and it rolls away and it just like stays on him as he is full on like weeping like crying and dude Zac Efron is not aware the movie he is in is hilarious so he is full on acting and he's doing a great job but he's in his feels and then the ball rolls back to him and if this music was different it would be the beginning of a horror movie. Like I've seen True. enough of this kind of stuff. Like this movie starts the same way as like a horror movie does. In my notes I have, he runs into the twilight woods <laughs> because that's how it's color corrected to appear. It is. Yeah, it does. It does feel like that. But I, I watched the iron claw over Christmas with my family, which Zach Efron, I think it's his best film. He's acting. He's emoting. Good for him. I don't think that can be possible. We just saw Charlie St. Cloud, Mikey. Also, that's the minimum, by the way. Like, acting requires you to act and emote. He's He did really subtle. He did a really good job. I, I, thought, I, felt, I felt like he did a fantastic job in that movie. I don't think it's a controversial take that he's a good actor. He is a good actor. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. He is, like, really practicing to do well in this with this film. And, like... Good. I, I I love that. Yeah, me too. I like the effort. I appreciate the effort. Um, his team needs to pick better projects. Disagree. This movie's stellar. Well, I mean, like, I'm grateful that we have this, but I'm pretty sure his career is not. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I don't think so. <laughs> he was trying to escape that high school musical life. Oh, and this he doesn't help. Didn't. Not with <laughs> this. this. He did help. eventually, this though. This help. helped. He's like, I'll do this film if I don't have to wear a shirt for like 40% of it. <laughs> I'll fuck a grave. Yeah. Anyway. This is where he sees Sam and he's like, I'm sorry. And they agree that they're going to meet there at sunset every day. And they promise to meet there. Cut to five years later. And in my notes, I just have five years. <laughs> like incredulous that this has been going on that long. I'll say this. I weeped from the moment of the car wreck until like three minutes after the five years later, I was still crying. Look, I mean this in like a really trauma informed, therapeutic, nice way. You got to get your shit together. <laughs> I have gotten my shit together. I go to therapy twice a week still. Uh, and I've been going to therapy a lot. I've been doing a lot of therapy. But like, you know, part of that was learning to access my emotions. And when I watch shit like this, they come out. I Like I said, I got a little buttery. Yeah. Under her savory eye. When you start feeling sad, just imagine the body of the brother tumbling around in that ambulance with him as he cries. So I don't I think that's going to help Todd. <laughs> <laughs> it's helping me. I don't think it's going to help Tom. So I I didn't get to experience that because uh, my brother was life-lighted to Vanderbilt Hospital, and they took me in an ambulance there. And I was in a single-stall ambulance. It's, it's called real life where the, they just... <laughs> single-stall ambulance? <laughs> there's no double-wides, okay? <laughs> no, there were double-wides. I had friends that lived in them. Can you imagine if this is how they did car wrecks? Where, like, Paige, let's say you and your whole family are in a car wreck. This is a morbid example, but they're all dead. So, like, you wake up on an ambulance, and you're like, 
got the oxygen mask, and the paramedic's like, you were in a bad car wreck, but you're okay. And you're like, where's my family? And he's like, oh, just look to your left and right. And it's just five dead bodies in this ambulance with you. I'd be like, this man is a murderer. I have been (laughs) given chloroform and we are all going to die. Yeah. That part made me weep the most because even though the setting was different, I pulled my brother out of the truck and laid down next to him. And we laid there until people like arrived to help. So like, I, I know what that, I know what that's like. (laughs) And now I'm just picturing having that moment. But him sliding while that's going on because he's not <laughs> strapped in. And that is a dark, dark. I don't know how I feel about that, but it's making me giggle a little bit right now. I just think you're kind of a piece of shit for not playing catch with him every day. <laughs> since then. Bro, hot take here, but like, what the fuck, bro? This grief seems a little performative if you didn't show up in the Twilight Woods to like visit with him. I'm going to tell you guys something. I've never told anybody and literally nobody knows. But don't tell anybody, okay? Yeah. Wait, this is on a podcast. You're saying listen to a microphone. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> okay. Hey, what's your credit card number? I've done that before, Paige. Please, let's not again. Um, I would go break onto my old high school's practice soccer field and like just kick the ball around with myself a lot after he died. Like I would break in to school to do that once a month for like two or three years. I don't think that's that weird. That's not weird. That's not weird. But that's sort of what he's doing when he's playing catch. No, 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 no Todd. That's not weird though. He is talking to his brother. Some would say it's like a prayer. He's like yes. playing catch out there. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, if you were caught on that soccer field fucking one of the goals <laughs> at one of those practices. That's when things would have gone from this is sad and makes and grief makes me sad to we've got to get this man assistance immediately. I I mean, I would have questions if I felt like the practice of talking to your your, you know, deceased person was impeding your life from moving forward in other ways, yeah. which I think it is for Charlie. Oh, in this movie, it fully is, yes. But also, if you're going to fuck anything, make <laughs> it be a hole in the ground. The goal is too wide. <laughs> too wide for some, maybe. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I never talked while I was out there. It was just me running around, sort of remembering what it was like to play soccer with my brother on that field, because that was where we would play soccer when we were you know, playing for school. That's very healthy. Some of the stuff Charlie's doing is healthy now if you became the janitor of the school so you could talk to your brother every day at the soccer field (laughs) hang on hang on hang on i'm gonna write this down we're gonna write this movie hang on it's basically the movie (laughs) we just watched it is yeah and then another student goes missing a substitute teacher goes missing and then you fuck its ghost on the soccer field (laughs) it's not a ghost it's an apparition (laughs) what happened to that new sub mrs kirk uh i don't know but have you seen the janitor fucking the football post (laughs) this is my favorite type of film because the more you think about single things about this film, the I know the the funnier it all. It's like his best. friend who's like, "I'm your best mate. I've seen you talking to your brother. Definitely saw you have sex out there with the ghost <laughs> last night in a graveyard." I'm not gonna report it. I'm not gonna get you help. Just know that I saw it and nice. <laughs> I'm, I've got your back a hundred percent. Let's steal this boat. It's got an anchor. <laughs> Thank you. Which is not a given on all boats. Paige wants you to know. It's true. (laughs) So thank you for informing me which ones do. I love that we can talk about like some very serious, like heavy, like shit while laughing about it. That was very fun. If you rewatch it now, you won't (laughs) cry because the ambulance scene comes in like a hammer in the middle of that. It really does. And I'm like, 
is that body just gonna flail around the fucking ambulance? And like I the whole the rest of the movie I couldn't be sad because I couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I did not notice the ambulance till you told us about <laughs> Me it. Me either. I was like, of course, the other double wide ambulance I've seen. I've <laughs> when Todd was like, I'm crying, and I'm right behind you. I was gonna be like, I almost sent it then. I'd be like, just look at his brother flying around in the ambulance <laughs> in the back, his dead body. But I, I wanted to wait till now to get the real reactions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you've waited. Can I tell you that I didn't notice the ambulance when I watched it, but I did notice this next scene after the funeral, and it made me laugh out loud because he pans from the Twilight Woods back to the graveyard, but they clearly didn't have the money for a full graveyard. We never see the full graveyard. We don't. And so in this one shot, they used miniatures and it's the fakest yes, looking thing I've ever is. seen. It looks like a 1940s set. Like it does. Yes. It looks, yeah, it's charming. I think the real set is just the 30 high schoolers, her dad, and yes. his brother. I love how Mikey said the set and then named characters in the movie that are not at all a setting. Like people are not a setting. Those are all the graves in the real graveyard. Oh, yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I got what you're saying now. Okay. And we only see his brother's grave in miniature. We never see, yes. see it full. Well, his brother was a little guy. Yeah. He was tiny. <laughs> uh, we pulled, we pulled back from the miniature and reveal the little like cabin, the like caretaker cabin that he lives in. And he's like getting up, walking through the graves and he like chases the geese off because apparently they're shitting on all the gravestones and it's corrosive. And I was like, what is wrong with these geese? What is the government putting in our geese food to make their shit corrosive? Paige, it's not geese food. They are dropping oil and like a mixture of gas out their cloaca because they're government drones that are there to spy on us. Wake up, sheeple. Todd. It's the battery acid. <laughs> exactly, Paige. Depending on what I'm eating, I'm also dropping gas and oil as well. We know that you lose <laughs> potlucks frequently, which by the when we were recording the other day, I'd been sick all day and I was like, I'm going to have to tell Todd and Mikey I lost a potluck, but then I got better in time for recording. Nice. So I won it back. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, fuck them geese. Uh, they want to try and kill them with a crossbow with uh, our Russell Store brand. Wait, I got to interrupt you. Just picture Ray Liotta being like, it's a miracle as the other body falls across the ambulance. <laughs> we got to move on from the ambulance. Hey, I can't. Mikey, I can't move Mikey. on. We've been talking about this movie for an hour and we've talked about the ambulance for 30 minutes of it. Mikey, <laughs> I have to point out that I thought you were going to say I have to interrupt because he does have sex with one of those geese later. He does. <laughs> he does. But also, like, Ray Liotta probably kissed that St. Jude thing as his brother tumbled off at sea. Like, thank you, God. <laughs> you made the sound effect of the body falling onto the floor. Do you think it was the alpha goose? <laughs> the thirstiest goose? <laughs> the thirsty goose? <laughs> <laughs> He wakes up next to it and says, this changes nothing, which means he's still going to try and kill them that day. He knows he had sex with that goose. That's all I'm saying. We aren't there yet, but when that happens, 
I'm gonna go ahead and say if, if you if you've never listened to this podcast before, this is not the episode to start on. I want you to listen to like ten or fifteen episodes, then come back to this. <sighs> when when he wakes up next to that goose, we don't know that she's maybe an apparition yet. We still think she's real. But he turns to the goose and he's like, "This changes nothing." And I was like, "Was she the goose?" Was he just boning like the goose and thinking about her? And then it re- reveals she was dead. I was like, it was the goose. <laughs> <laughs> she's not dead. She's an astral projection. This changes nothing. We're just casual goose. <laughs> <laughs> this changes nothing. Come tomorrow morning. I'm going to go back to trying to kill you. She loved bread. I just. I <laughs> <make sense now>. <laughs> 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 she was such That's a what... thirsty little goose. That's why she kept trying to shit on and eat the gravestones. They looked like little white loaves coming out of the ground. Oh, <laughs> uh, they landed in the former baker section of the cemetery. <laughs> the worst part of the film for me is that it has been confirmed that that goose was the drunk driver. <laughs> I'm just picturing a goose steering with his feet and just flapping it. <laughs> He's a thirsty goose. <laughs> it's fine though. They were completely covered far, as far as car insurance goes because they had Aflac. <laughs> no, after he killed two kids, he was like, Aflac, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> you get it? Because it sounds like off fucking geese. <laughs> in, in geese, in their native tongue. You guys speak a little bit of geese, right? You know, the Aflac mascot's a duck, right? That's why it's flack, like quack, Aflac. It's a duck, not a goose. I mean, it's the joke still works. Well, we got to move on. Unfortunately, we have no longer any time to <laughs> talk you. about this. Fuck <laughs> you and your 30-minute dissertation with no slides about the ambulance. Oh, that's 30 minutes. We got to move on, guys. We got to wrap this uh, ambulance section up. Where's my brother? He's to your left and to your right. And no. to your right. Stop. I got to get through the movie. Oh my god. Anyway. There's blood spraying all no, over that ambulance. Jesus Christ. I have, I have to get through this movie. I need to get through it and I can't eat dinner. Look at y'all. I can't look at y'all. It's your fault. You we'll did just cut this. it. You we'll just stop this. the episode. And then he no. falls in love. Good night. No, I need to talk about him fucking a grave, but you keep holding us up. Oh, like the couch held his brother up in that ambulance before he tumbled <laughs> to the ground. I'm pretty sure that body was strapped down. It sucks that uh. that was a goose down blanket. <laughs> Just adding insult to injury. That's why he rear-ended that. He was yeah. like, avenge! Anyway, so it's five years later. He works in the graveyard. The geese are a problem. And the girl from high school that he beat in the boat thing, the, all the flowers around her father's grave are dying, which... I have had a number of family members interred. Other than like mowing the grass, they don't like plant stuff unless you pay way extra. But maybe she did, I guess. I don't Some know. graveyards will put artificial stuff around to make the place look pretty. Yeah, I've I've seen but that. They're typically not real though. I mean, I, I only know yeah. where my my dad and brother are. So like I I don't know. But like we put real flowers out there and we yeah. like have to go out there and do it ourselves. It's not something that they do at all. Yeah, that's that's been my experience too. Yeah. Although if you're there and you, you like don't have any flowers and you want to put them on, they can sell you some like fake ones that they just have, you know? Yeah, I saw yeah, that's been my experience. Yeah. But they don't have like I mean they do have a gardening staff that like keeps the grounds nice. Yeah. But it's not like a 
individual thing you would go up and be like hey change the flowers on my dad's grave or whatever yeah plant new flowers yeah, yeah it's i that was real strange to me anyway so she flips out uh but then also his his friend russell storebrand is like hey it's my <laughs> anniversary we're gonna go to this thing you gotta come you never come but like promise me that you'll come and he's like oh, okay maybe and he turns around and sees days dave franco in the biggest hat i've ever seen <laughs> it's Three times the size of his head. Yeah. It's bonkers. Well, he's also in like full ass uniform. It, it looks like he stole his dad's uniform. He's in his his dress blues. Yeah. He's a Marine, I believe. Yeah, Marine, yes, he is. Yes. Because he says, oorah, oorah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Big old white hat. Yeah. And reveals that one of their other classmates also buried here because there's a whole cluster of them buried there, right? And Zach Efron's like, I wish I was there with you guys. And Dave Franco's like, uh, no, you really don't. Don't. And what would have sold it is if he had like held up a hand and had been like grenade, and his hand was like all missing and shredded. But no, like Robert Downey Jr.'s hands in Tropic Thunder. Oh my God! It, no, it's Ben Stiller's hands. Ben Stiller's but Robert hands. Downey Jr. Yeah. is yeah, yeah, holding yeah, yeah. his hands. That's right. And he says, "When we get back to the world, I'm gonna teach you how to juggle." And it's one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. But Dave Franco's <laughs> hands are fine in this movie. But that would have been hilarious. <laughs> But I do, okay, not to like take it to a serious level. I think he knows what would have happened if he had gone with him. And I think he yes. wishes he was dead. I agree So like with I you. understood why he said that even though his friend is dead. But. 100%. Yeah, it's very sad. Yes, it's it's very, very, very sad. And we reveal that his mom has moved away. He doesn't really have a great support system except for his friend from the, who has the crossbow. Who's just like, is he talking to nobody? I'm just going to ignore that and cock this crossbow. <laughs> and for a hot second, I was like, is he going to shoot Dave Franco? <laughs> but no, he's going after them geese. He's like, I got to kill these geese because my boss won't stop fucking them. And this this kid's <laughs> Australian. Like he's his mate or whatever. He's on a cemetery exchange program because down there, the bodies just fall out because it's upside down. You're just obsessed with bodies fall. You want Coffin Flop to be real so bad. Paige, that is the funniest sketch of any sketch <laughs> comedy know. show I've ever sketched I seen. Know. That shit is so amazing. It's so good. Just body after body. Busting out of cheap wood and hitting pavement. <laughs> Hot people working at a graveyard like this before. These are two like Abercrombie models. Actually, when I was there for my last death, I was like, ooh, look at the thickums digging my dad's. No, I did not notice any hot people walking around a funeral home. I was there under sad pretense. Paige has her hand raised, so she has a counterpoint. I follow multiple hot girls that work in mortuary sciences because I have questions about death, and they usually answer them on TikTok. Okay. But also, dudes who dig holes all day usually got them muscles, though. Hashtag dudes who dig. Dudes who dig. <laughs> he also plays baseball for an hour a day. Yeah. Anyway, but in my notes, just in all caps, I'm like, yo, is Dave Franco a ghost? <laughs> and yes, yo, Dave Franco is a ghost, though. Because I was like, what is this movie? Now I just want a yo, is this racist type podcast, but it's just the three of us. And it's yo, is this a ghost? And it's just people write in their ghost stories and we determine if they're a ghost or not. Yo, I want to highlight that there have been more ghosts on this show than on Horror Virgin. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Dude, this podcast a premise is rife with ghosts and that will not change next week. I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> I've already picked it out. So many ghosts. 
so little time. <laughs> anyway. I didn't realize it was going to be a theme when I picked it, but it's a theme, baby. Ugh. So Zac Efron goes to the local like toy store that seems to be wildly overstaffed, but all of these girls want to ride on that dick. Uh, not all of them. Two of the three want a piece. The third is like, the only one who like really has a chance because she's like actually paying attention to what's going on in that guy's life, sure. but also doesn't at all seem interested. And she is like blown away at how vapid and stupid her friends are. And I just love the way that actress plays that whole scene. Cause she's like, God, my friends are dumb idiots. <laughs> like I love it. It's so funny. Okay. But then he buys, uh, he says it's for the geese, but he buys this like, super fancy remote control plane and takes it out to golden hour with his brother. It's just like a model airplane. I'm not sure it's like super yeah. fancy. It was like a hundred bucks or something. It's big though. And it flies. I mean, that's gotta yeah, be expensive. Yeah. That's, that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's not a simple machine, but anyway, I did just note in this scene. I was like, I think it's funny that he still makes a ghost exercise. <laughs> Cause he's just like, no, run it back. And I'm just like, Dude, you're a ghost. You don't have to do this anymore. He's like, you're really shitty at baseball. They're, <laughs> you're never going to get um, into the major league. No, you're not. You're never be invited to the field of dreams if you don't get better. <laughs> you're never going to get to meet Shoeless Joe Jackson and Kevin Costner's dad, who I believe was the catcher on his team. I cannot remember. I don't remember, but when they revealed that part of the reason that kid was in baseball is because he had told himself a lie that their dad who went out for cigarettes and a minor league team audition never came back, and he was convinced that his dad played for the Sox, even though there was no sign that that happened, that was unhinged and it's not even the top 10 weirdest things in this no, film it is just a aside yeah the <laughs> fact that their dad got murdered on the way to that tryout and that murder was never solved i don't think it's murder i think he just left them no he definitely just left them i was yeah. just making up some other crazy story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went out for big leak chew and he never came back. <laughs> that is like a 12 year old's understanding of going out for cigarettes. And I love it. Yep. Well, they don't remember, but they both woke up on an ambulance and they're like, where's our father? And he was bouncing around beside them. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Rounding the bases, if you will. <laughs> Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's we're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my god, guys, this actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal on Romance of the Pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes 2 minutes to warm up, just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. In fact, it comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor Meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor. 
except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> if debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded, too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Anyway, he flies that plane directly through the flock of geese to try and murder them. Uh, and then the geese all poop their acid poop onto them. So he jumps into the lake and when he pops back up, it's dark again. And I know that they meant to try and illustrate like, oh, the sun has gone down. His brother's gone. But I was like, how long was he under? Is he a ghost now? I know. <laughs> it, it seems like a while. happens while he's underwater. Yeah, I laughed so hard. Crazy. Uh, but we cut back to his little like house where he's drawing his boat. And the next day he's out running errands. He runs into Ray Liotta and Ray Liotta's like, do you remember me? I'm the guy that saved your life. You can't have coffee with the guy who saved your life. And so they sit and have coffee. Gilts <laughs> him into coffee. I love that he's like, oh, it's great to see you, but I don't have time. And he goes, you ain't got time for coffee. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God damn it. I'd have, I'd have coffee with Ray Liotta. Like you can't say no to that. Do you remember when I woke you up and showed you your brother's body? <laughs> Just sliding around that ambulance. You're a miracle. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. But then he sits, he sits down and they, they pour him a cup of coffee and he just goes, that's it. I got the big C. And my I was so tired. I was coffee? like, coffee? <laughs> I thought of that same thing, Paige. I legit was like, yeah, we just saw I just saw her bring you your order. Oh, he needs cancer. <laughs> oh. Do you need some big M to go with it? Oh, 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 okay. Melanoma? Cancer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, milk. Okay. <laughs> but he was like, no regrets. I lived a full life. And I was like, yeah, coffee ain't gonna stop you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coffee's gonna help you stay up for it. I get it. Anyway. He's like, you know, what have you done with your second chance? And Zach Efron's like, fucking nothing. And he's like, why did I even bother? <laughs> so, so, 100%. 100%. That is Ray Liotta's attitude. And it's amazing. I also thought at this point, Ray Liotta was already dead. Because once they do the oh, brother reveal, be. I was yeah, like, everyone's okay, dead. everybody's fucking dead. I, I love the part where Ray Liotta's like, I'm dying, but I, I lived a life well lived. And Zach Efron's like, is that what it's about? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking? He's yes. like, yes, you piece of shit. That is all it's about. I saved your life and you should be president by now. <laughs> but he's like, I've got a wife and kids. I lived a, and I saved a life. I'm very successful. <laughs> Zach Efron's like, I'd be drawing boats and fucking graves. And he's like, what the fuck? I should have saved your brother. Like, what is But they it's like the movie needed him to not have a father, but also have a father figure be disappointed right. in him. And that is what Ray Liotta is doing. And I think that yes. that is so like it's such a wild swing for someone who does. Does not know you. Right. Unorthodox approach. 
maybe talk to your mom ever again in the film where she's like really sad you never went to college. After she worked all those double shifts. Which, okay, can we just talk about it? Zac Efron, his family is rich as shit. They have a boat where he was going to go to fucking Stanford. They, they're they rich. He got the full scholarship. He got the full scholarship. Well, he, he didn't have the full scholarship. That's why she was working double shifts. He had a partial scholarship. But this is my thing with any of these movies, because there's a whole bunch of romantic comedies like this where it's like boat town sailing and everyone's like, times are tough. And I'm like, you have a boat. Like, <laughs> like it's there are varying levels of times are tough. And I feel like, authors and screenwriters who write these kind of movies always want to portray this as this kind of like folksy simple people and I'm like you realize that like the economic status you would need to have to maintain a boat not only the boat the place to park the boat yes, a place to live that's slip. not the boat the slip yeah. like all of this is so much money I know they're not middle class no they're probably like middle upper middle they're definitely upper middle but they're not they're not yeah they're not lower class no but that's like how they're trying to play him. Like, oh, he's just from the like the wrong side of the tracks. Which, like, I bet his future girlfriend, I bet her family's super rich just because of the boat that she's driving. Her dad's and like dead. what she's doing. I know, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a shitload of money, Mikey. She has a ton like, of money. That's trust fund level, never really having to work a day in your life kind of money. Well, she's probably got sponsorships from this. Sail around the world kind of thing. I mean, she might, yeah. Yeah, but she started rich because she had a, a branded sponsored boat before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Zac Efron has this like really shitty design he draws on a napkin that becomes a sail that we, we need to talk about at some point. No, he has the sail. The boat's just been dry docked. And so they just get the boat out. Mikey, that sail is his brother's shooting star. You know that, right? Oh. That is what that is. That's why it, I can't believe you guys are just now realizing that. Well, I also didn't. I didn't notice the ambulance. So he has. Okay. Oh, I don't know what scene it is. Pedro get there. But he draws this very detailed, immaculate sketch of a boat. Yeah. And then does a stick figure esque design on the sail that looks like shit. And I was like, what is he <laughs> destroying the rest of this with? That's the existing boat. That's how his boat looked in the beginning. He's just drawing the boat that he used to sail with his brother. Yeah. He has that boat. They don't make that boat. He's just drawing the boat he already has. In fact, they don't make any boats in this movie. No, no boats are made. So they talk about adding flukes to boats. They That is incorrect because they did... He gets that boat that's going to be salvaged, and he makes that boat, and they go off at the very at the that's end. That's the credits. very end of the movie. That is, okay, okay, maybe perhaps you win again on a technicality, but this time Mikey, but we don't see it transform on the screen. It goes from just being purchased to boom, next scene done, them leaving, end of movie. Now, what would have been really great is if as they had left, she lost all her memory, but also had a toddler. Oh my <laughs> God, like no. We can't do 51st <laughs> Dates again. <laughs> What if she was ghost pregnant, but not real pregnant? Oh, let's talk about this because can you get pregnant with an apparition? Yeah. Do you have to pull out when she's astral blasting you? That's the question. No, you don't. <laughs> That's the answer. You don't have to pull out when you're ghost banging? I mean, in sex dreams, you finish, right? I heard that she gives great headstone. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta move on. We can't. We we this is, this is my favorite episode we've ever done. Okay. Any anyway, so Ray Liotta's like, quit fucking your life up, and he's like, all right, all right, all right. So we cut to he's 
walking around. Boat Girl is boating. This is where we learn about the Around the World race and that Donna Logue is going to be in this movie for roughly five minutes. I love how we just aren't even trying to remember their names. I uh, Tink? Charlie St. Cloud is the main character's name. Yeah. Tess is the girl. Tink is Donna Logue. It's Tess and Tink. Tess is the <laughs> his future girlfriend. And Tink is her, like, sailing coach? Yes. Uh, he's brought to life by clapping. So. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when you clap them astral cheeks, that's when Tink comes alive. Yes. But we also see that Zac Efron has, like, a magazine, like, centerfold of her and her boat. And then he takes it to show Sam, his brother. And this is where <laughs> Sam is like, do you have like a swim shoot shot in there? And he's like, what are you going to do with a swim shoot shot? And he just goes everything. And he's like, quit pulling on the magazine. You're going to wreck it. And he's like, I'm going to wreck it repeatedly. And I was like, whoa, hey. He's mentally still aging because he won't let him go to heaven. I mean, so if he was a, if he was playing, obviously he looks like 12, but if he was playing a 17 year old, like I would buy that though. Like that would sort of sure, make sense of for a 17 year old. It's just weird to come from a child. Yes. But we cut to the anniversary thing at the bar and we we see that Tess and Tink are sitting on kind of like one side, not really part of the party. And then the party is going on with him and his friends and it's karaoke and his best friend is singing the rah, rah, Rasputin song. Yes. Like at karaoke and everyone's losing their mind and he is sort of crushing it. Yeah. And everyone's just like in Russia long ago. And I was like. This was not popular enough for everyone to know the words. You got to believe in the magical realism of the world, Paige. Charlie St. Cloud can talk to dead people and people astral projecting. And that Rasputin song was hella popular in this world for some reason. I guess. Paige, there is only one kind of country where you're going to stack the dead bodies next to the ambulance people you're trying to save. And that is communist Russia. Okay, okay, okay. But what song about ghost love would you sing at karaoke am i required to know songs about ghost love like i didn't i didn't fulfill this prerequisite popular topic for songs is it oh there have been many songs about dead people well you clearly have two or three in the chamber so give them i don't even I know i do i do uh there's that old one the oh where oh where can, can my, my baby, baby be, be? The also go my boyfriend's back yeah you could no boyfriend's back he's alive but you could go leader of the pack also about a dead person leader of the pack he dies during the song so does that count i think that's even better i say that counts <laughs> leader of the pack vroom vroom but you could also go more modern and go with one sweet day the duet between boys two men and mariah carey oh, how where they sing they sing about their lost friends that they love and they'll see in heaven uh oh. that's an option as well um but you could also sing that song from city of angels iris yeah I'm gonna say that counts because bum, she bum, dies bum, in that bum, bum, bum. because she wasn't looking where she was biking. That's all Meg Ryan's fault. And I don't want the, the world to see me because I don't think that it will stop. Guys, why doesn't no one get killed by a regular car? I don't know. It's always got to be an 18-wheeler that's carrying logs every time. Yeah, cars can't kill people. I throw a car over that mountain. It's got to be an 18-wheeler. <laughs> yeah, throw a car. 
No, it's just, it's just like, what's the worst kind of car wreck? That's the reason that's always a big-ass truck. A fatal one. One that yes, kills no. someone. Hey, Mikey, I've been involved in a fatal car wreck. Like, I, yeah, no, I'm with you. I fucking know Todd Jesus. <laughs> How dare you use my full name? Jake just sent me one that says, Diarrhea Planet, Ghost with a Boner, Real Band, Real Song. Did Jake watch this with you? No, I usually watch these ones by myself. He should have. He missed out. You go make Jake watch this right now or I am reporting you for spousal abuse. No, what? <laughs> Domestic violence. <laughs> spousal neglect. You have to feed his Charlie St. Cloud. So no, we, ha we to, have to move. We have I'm to not, move. I'm not. Jake, I promise I won't make you watch this. We got to move on. Okay. So they're trying to introduce him to a girl at this party, but he runs into his old friends that went to Yale while he stayed home instead of going to Stanford. And they're kind of like, at first it's like good natured dickish ribbing, but then he's like, yeah, drink up. It's not like anyone's going to let you designate a drive, which is low blow. It's definitely worth punching him for. Oh, I would have murdered this dude. A hundred. Yeah. But that's my favorite is because he's like, oh, you're working at Goldman Sachs. You still got full dental. Great. And then punches him. And I was like, good. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> Lay scene. him out. It's great. It was pretty it's funny, great. but like. The buildup from like when he like pushes him against the bar and then like seductively. Yeah. Yeah. But then they like back away and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So how have you been? Like it was a weird way to start this thing that's going to end in an abrupt punch. Love it. You got to fake him out. I mean, and he did. You got to earn their trust and then slap the teeth out of their mouth. <laughs> anyway, uh, he goes out to the marina and sees her boat and he's just like yanking on parts of it. And she's just like. Hey, that's my boat. Like, wh what are you doing? I'm just admiring your boat. He was fully like, I'm going to fuck this boat later. I'm going to fuck this boat later. Right? I'm an astral boat jet. No. <laughs> no. He's like a car guy, but with boats. You know, car guys touch their cars, you know, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they fuck them for sure. Yeah. They're like moving the balls around you. Yeah. Anyway, he shows her a sketch that's like, if you add these weird whale fins to it, your boat be faster. And she's just like, I've been thinking the same thing. And he's like sort of a dick about it. She's like, well, what about this and such a thing? And he's like, you don't need that, you stupid fucking bitch. Oh, sorry. Dude, it's so simple. <laughs> it's like real, like weird and mean about it. Which isn't sailing. It's like boat design, which is not what they set them up as experts yeah. as. Like it is not sailing. That is like engineering. Like I could yeah. see how she could be like the world's best sailor and not necessarily know that. And he's just like, women are so dumb. Like <laughs> my favorite part of this scene is when he was like, you know, it's really sad about our friends, Tim, John, Drake, Ben. Do you want me to list the 30 other ones that died in the war? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It just goes on for like John, three minutes of runtime of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The well, three Michaels. Other John. <laughs> the three Michaels. Uh, multiple Johns from my high school went to war. Uh, um, I It felt to me as if someone was like, hey, you tell jokes. Can you build a comedy club? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like. I don't know where beams go. Does it have an anchor? If you put the stage with the whale fin underneath it, you'd be able to tell more jokes. It's Basic so 101, Paige. It's so simple. simple. It's so dumb, Paige. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we cut to the next day. She's doing a test sale, but 
Donald Logue has warned her about the storm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally avoid the storm. <laughs> and then steers right into the storm. I also love that she, they're like, um, the boat hasn't been fitted with electronics yet. So, like, don't take it towards the storm. That's, like, why Tink is telling Tess not to do it. Yeah. And then we see Tess and Tink having a conversation over a radio. And I was like, well, then, like. Why didn't she just radio for help? Well, okay. I actually do have an explanation for that okay. from my time on Ship It's the Fan. There are often extra analog radios that either take batteries or some other, like a wind-up version sure. so that you can still communicate, but they do have ranges. So you may be out of range. Okay. So I think the movie didn't think about that at all, and this is just a mistake, but there is a potential accurate thing that could have happened. Fair enough. Yeah, Wait, okay. You guys were giving me shit about anchors. I wrote two seasons of a podcast about fucking boats. But it was always when they were crashing, though. Yeah. So it was more about, like, who died and how. And I bet you every one of those boats, Paige, had a fucking anchor. Well, yeah, they were all really big ones. Exactly. And that's why the joke worked. But, like, <laughs> way bigger than these ones anyway. I understand that on a technicality, you're right. I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> We cut to, while the storm is happening, he was playing catch with Sammy, and instead he's like, no, it's time for surfing trash can lids, which is basically the baseball scene from Twilight, but with trash can lids. It is just two brothers having fun in the rain, and I've done that shit. Like, when I lived in Maryland, like, the drainage ditches would, like, flood a little bit. Not a lot, but, like, there would be probably three inches of standing water at least. Which is huge, ladies. Right? It's plenty. You can fully feel it. It's plenty, guys. <laughs> People panic about three inches of water. So why? <laughs> I hate that that's where you took this, and then I have to complete the story, and that story is we would play in that three inches of runoff. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just pervert. get like soaked and like <laughs> we would just get soaked. like we were just like kids being kids you know doing boy shit like this scene made sense to me it made me cry a little bit my favorite is just picturing mikey watching the weather and he's like two inches of snow and everyone freaks out huh guess it is long enough. i make the That's same joke at my insane. gym all the time where they're like 30 seconds of planks that's a long time and I'm like yeah ladies <laughs> <laughs> and no one laughs ever <laughs> anyway apparently he just always has trash cans they play around but we cut to he's scaring the gooses off the next day and he finds Tess at her father's grave. And at this point, I was like, she's a fucking ghost. That's why she's at the grave. Did you? Is that where you? I forgot that this twist That's existed. That's where I guessed it. Yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about the ambulance and the kid being a ghost. <laughs> and so I forgot that she was dead the whole time until it revealed it. She's not dead. She's an astral projection, guys. But. I knew right away, well, and I, in truth, I thought she was fully ass dead. Yeah. And then when I realized after they had ghost sex that it wasn't ghost sex and he <laughs> could go save her, I was like, this movie has everything and I love it. If you could try a person out for three days like that. And if you don't like them, you leave them to see, die? This, this Hang is what, on. This is Hang what I was asking on. at the beginning of the movie. If you could astral project yourself to somebody, try it out. You know, everyone. I would do it to every. I'd be like, you'd have three days before you have to have like an actual relationship, 
Every weekend you could try somebody out from the comfort of your own bed. But would they have to agree or do you just show up and they automatically like you like a romance movie? Do you think you have to get sideswiped right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Because you get it because like you're in a coma because of the car wreck? Yeah, but you only get like three crashes a day. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go gold, Paige. You got to go gold. Yeah, you got to pay for that like premium. It's like $1,000 a month or whatever. I refuse. <laughs> well, first of all, it, it doesn't matter because I am not on any of these apps Same. anymore. They were a nightmare. But secondly, even like right at the end of my Tinder era was when they were like, you could pay to get more matches. I was like... I don't need more matches. I am a woman. <laughs> what I need is for dudes to actually message you back or to not just open every message with hey and a dick. Like, th that's what I need. <laughs> Bumble didn't exist when I was still single. Anyway, so he takes her to his cottage to, like, clean up her head wound. And she asks him about, like, the whole boxes of stuff that's his brother's stuff. And... He's like, yeah, I'll t maybe let's talk about it another time. And she's like, okay, fine. How about in six months when I come back? Ha, ha, ha. And he chases after her and is like, okay, can you come over and have dinner? Cool. So after he plays catch with his brother, he makes her dinner. Uh, and this is where we get the crazy story <laughs> that his younger brother fought their dad, played for the Sox, but really he just went out for big league chew and never came home. Yeah. He just, like, abandoned the family, and when his brother dies, the dad doesn't come back. No, of course not. It's crazy. It's, he's too busy playing in the majors, <laughs> but it basically posits that, like, the reason the kid wants to be good enough to play in the majors is to find his father, which is so nuts. You say that, but, like, it worked for Cal Ripken Jr., so, like... Did it? I don't know. Well, he should be able to find him easy, because he's the same name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you think it would be more difficult if you, if your dad had a different name than you? Like, you would still know your dad's name, right? Like, you know what your dad's name is. You don't have to be, like, so self-centered that the only name you could possibly remember is your own name. Well, maybe they, maybe they didn't know, but if you're a junior, at least you got a starting point. You know exactly what his name was. Unless your mom just lied to you. Because I saw a meme. Oh, God. I saw a meme today that I think I sent to. No, I sent it to my friend who's who's a delivery nurse. Um, where someone named their kid Philly Cheese Steak Gray. And it's spelled crazy. Philly Cheese Steak Gray Jr. And everyone's like, how could you name your kid Philly Cheese Steak? And then one of the first comment that has like a million likes is like, how did everyone miss the junior? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta blame the parents he's just a smaller size he's, he's in, you know he's like a six inch not a foot long anyway <laughs> which is big both of those are very large <laughs> six inches of rain is a big deal <sighs> anyway uh she asks him for the sketch of her boat and he like comes up and like reaches over her to pull it down and they end up kissing and they do have like some chemistry in this movie. They definitely have chemistry. Yes, yes. they do. They fucked, right? They definitely did. <laughs> I feel like they, they did. They got naked on that grave. They have sex in the graveyard and she remembers it later. Yes. I mean, Zac Efron and this and, and Amanda, oh, I believe is her name. In real life, 100%. I mean, that is conjecture. I I mean, I can't guarantee that allegedly, allegedly, but like the chemistry off the charts. That's the one good thing about this movie. <laughs> I mean, 
He did blastually project inside her for sure. <laughs> no, he's real. She's fake. Yeah, that's why what I said works. <laughs> His stuff is not ghosts coming out of there. It's real. It's just hitting that headstone behind him. <laughs> Wouldn't it be in front of him? Yeah. You get I don't know what position it was in. It faded to black. He came on her dad's headstone. We. It wasn't her dad's. They're somewhere else in the graveyard. Because her dad's is the one with the hedges. There's only three choices. His brother, her dad. It's on Dave Franco's gravestone. <laughs> Hell yeah. Are the 30, are the 30 veterans. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He calls that mood the changing of the guard. <laughs> did he remember to wear a wreath oh my god i'm going to hell <sighs> i don't think we will ever recover <laughs> no she runs out of the graveyard and she's like find me and he like chases her out to the graveyard and they still oh, go bowling no. on the graveyard first first she stops and was like I can't do this. I'm leaving for six months. There's just, I just can't make this mistake. And then immediately. That's the exact reason why you can do this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. But also she is at this point trapped and like knocked out on a rock and she's playing hard to get. Oh, and he takes his old timey lantern after her through the graveyard. Yes. You need an old timey lantern for the ambiance. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just a mason jar with some sand and a, like a candle in it. Oh, modern lighting technology. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> you need it so you can see whose grave you're defiling. <laughs> exactly. That's why she blows it out. She's like, don't tell dad. No, no. <laughs> but the flame doesn't go out because she's a ghost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it does go out. Wait. It's all an astral projection. Well, he can throw the, the brother can throw the ball. Yeah. It's like a Patrick Swayze ghost thing. I get it. Yeah. yeah don't okay. get too into the weeds with yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. she does notice his scars from being, you know, jumped a few different times. But then he wakes up next to the goose, and this is where he says, This doesn't change anything. And I was and she's like, She's gone. <laughs> she's gone. That's because she was never there, and he fucked that goose. And he wanted that goose. goose to know that he was still coming after it when he woke up. He he woke up naked in his place of employment. Yes. With a goose. I mean, I do that all the time. I work from home. That's fair. <laughs> Technically, he does too. I know, right? The film shows them both take off their clothes and start having the act. So this happens. This is a, this is a this is a fact. It's an astral projection. A factual projection it is yes face down astral up that's, that's the, the way, way i like to like fuck <laughs> anyway she is like back at the cabin she's like getting his boat out and whatever so they go out on the boat then they end up at a lighthouse at sunset and this is where she recites an e.e e. cummings poem about her dad's memorial yeah, and does. this is where i have a special surprise for both of you oh yeah. my god okay y'all have not known my dad very long uh, so you might not know that one of my dad's favorite recurring dad jokes is to say something ridiculous and then claim it is a poem by E.E. E. Going. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Everything I hear about your dad makes me love that man even more. That's a good joke. So I texted, <laughs> I texted him while we were waiting for Mikey to join the call. And I said, can you send me an E.E. E. Goings poem? And he then replied, he's like, well, I have to record it because delivery is everything. He did also inform me that my mother helped co-write them. Love this. 
They are a comedy pair. Yes, I can send you these uh, audio files, but I do want to play them for you. I carry your heart with me. I hold it in my hand. I had it in my pocket, but that I could not stand. It dripped everywhere. E, <laughs> e, goings. Oh, God. He sounds like the Riddler. It does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I'm not sure why, but he did. These were choices he made. I gave him complete creative control. Anyway, so I just thought that'd be fun for you guys. E, e, goings. <laughs> Your dad's the best. Anyway, she's like, come with me to sail around the world because you've got nothing going on. And he's like, I can't. And she's like, okay, fine. Meet me at the cottage. And he's like, oh, no, I got to go because the can't. I got to go play. I can't tell you what I'm going to do. So he runs to play catch with Sam. And this is where Sam is like, I can feel you forgetting about me. And I know that because you brought her. And he's like, what? Oh, no. And so then like. Because she followed him. The brother lays the guilt on thick like younger siblings tended. He's like, I feel myself fading into nothing because you're five minutes late. I'd be like. All right, fuck off, okay? It's been five years. I also think that this is like a shitty way to position how your like de dead loved ones would feel about you disconnecting from the trauma of losing them. Yeah. I think the metaphor is I feel like I'm betraying my loved one by living a happy life. No, I get that, yes. Because of the grief of living them, yes. I get that, and that is like his motivation, but his younger brother is like... You have to like relive the trauma of losing me or then I become nothing. And I thought that that was such a weird way to position like his dead younger brother's character. Yeah. I don't think for a second his dead younger brother doesn't A, want to go to heaven and want his brother to live like his own life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would be like your brother being like, you have to come podcast every week and talk about me for the rest of time. That is what is happening, Mikey. Is he with? Is he on this podcast with us right now? Is, is your brother in the room with us right now? Regardless, she runs away, uh, and he <laughs> goes back to the cottage and gets up the next day. Well, she's nice about it. She's nice about it, yeah. But he's like, I don't have coffee. So he gets up to go get coffee. And meanwhile, they're like, hey, turns out she's been missing for three days. And he's like, but I was inside her last night. <laughs> like, what are we... What? I think at first he's like, oh shit, I was the last person who was with her. There's no way I'm not going to jail. There's evidence of me inside her. Like, that would make sense. But instead he's like, oh, I can see a lot more ghosts now, huh? <laughs> 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 so you're saying any dead person's an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he thinks she's dead. <laughs> he thinks he fucked a dead girl conservatively half of this day. It isn't until later when he says, oh, she's still alive. Yeah. So he went through most of that day yeah. thinking he fucked a ghost last night. How fucked up would you be if, like, you had this amazing night with someone you sort of knew from high school and you reconnected? It was this magical experience. You're both, like, 23 years old. And then you realize after waking up having sex with this person, you realize a few hours later that they died a few days before that. I would lose my mind. Like, that would be such a scary revelation. Not me, bro. I would be, I would to this day be knocking ghosts down left and right. 
I mean, you're talking about no consequences, no commitment, no commitment. Both of the C's Mikey hates the most. Those are the big C's in Mikey's book page. I ain't scared of no ghosts. Yeah, no risks at all. Bustin makes him feel good. They can't get pregnant. You're like you're like the you're like the fairy man, but with your dick. You know the ferryman's name is Karen, and I am just gonna say this. We should make the ferryman Charlie St. Cloud. Like we should just start referring to the guy who ferries you across the river sticks as Charlie St. Cloud. Because that's who I want to take me to heaven. I'd be like, this was a lovely cruise, but you have to go to the afterlife now. The yeah. Thank you. Love boats <laughs> will be making <laughs> Anyway, he thinks she did. But and he like tosses his whole apartment and then he finds the note she wrote that said, Come find me. And he's like, Oh, she's not dead. She's alive. And as he's processing that. Oh, wait. When does she realize she's dead and then like leaves the note? Was that, did we already talk about that? Oh no, you're right. Cause he finds her at the grave and he's like, you're dead. And she's like, what? Cause she left the note a while back. Yeah. Well, she looked in the reflection and was like, I have no reflection. Wait, what? I must've missed that part when she's like, she tried, she's like, get the dog. The dog's running away. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cause she's walking to where he's drinking coffee and no uh-huh. one notices her on the street. And he finds her the guy. So that's like right when he realizes. So this is after that. But Ray Liotta's wife, who we have never met before now, just shows up and is like, I'm insert character's name's wife. And I was like, who the fuck was that? And then she was like, this medallion. I was like, ah, Ray Liotta. Got it. It honestly would have been better if he was just like, Ray Liotta. I'm Ray Liotta's wife. Because we don't remember what Ray Liotta's name is when he's on the screen. It's just Ray Liotta. Yeah. Why didn't his ghost just come and say this? Right? Why didn't his ghost just come and say this? Probably because they had to give the medallion. And he's a ghost and cannot give a possession, right? But she leaves the note. Like, the rules are so, like... She's an astral projection, though, and maybe the rules are different. I don't Uh, know. I don't know about it. It certainly isn't explained in the movie. He could have mailed it and then showed up to talk about it when he opens the mail. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different things that could happen. Regardless, he gets the medallion and realizes she is alive, and he's like, we gotta go find her! So they steal (laughs) Donald Logue's boat. I did did love how they steal the boat because it's, you know, Charlie St. Cloud, Russell off-brand... And as Tink is finishing gassing of his boat, he goes inside to pay, I guess. And they just, like, steal the boat. And he, like, has to run out after it. And he makes it. Yeah, Russell Nobrand is like, he's not going to make it. We're fine. Oh, shit. No, he made it. He's here. And he has to, like, hold him down. And Charlie St. Cloud is like, listen, Tink, I ghost fucked her and I know where she is or whatever. And he's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. So they, they go out to where he thinks she would have been if he was making the same trip, if she steered right into the storm as she said she did and at this point they go out for like a full day and some change so he misses a sunset so he knows he's going to lose sam to save her and as sam runs through weird gold forest heaven a shooting star (laughs) tells him where she might be no that that is where she is Paige. that's where she is that's her brother the red sail starburst that is his brother the red sail starburst yes but like it all happens because he's just like okay my brother didn't show up so i guess i'm allowed to go to heaven now right and then he walks and he gets shot through the lighthouse right to heaven and that is like where the star comes from 
And then right. the star lands on the rock they find. It's so nuts. It's insane. And by that, I mean perfect. That is how it is described in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> not not the one I read. I read Passover very differently. Yeah, I read this very differently. Anyway, so they go out to that rock and they find the boat, but they can't get to it because it's choppy seas on rocks. So he jumps off any opportunity to take his shirt off, swims over. He's looking for her in the boat. He can't find her. His vest gets caught. He has to swim out of it. And he kind of gets dashed up against the rocks where he finds her on the rocks. And she's very clearly hypothermic. So he like hugs her with his shirt off. Kinky. He like strips her down and like puts his body on her body. Like full on saint style or the saint yeah. style. Which actually is a thing. He's not just trying to get up in them guts again. Yeah, no, he does save her. Yeah, yeah. it like saves her life. But, and I, I want to bring this up because I was thinking about it when, first of all, what, for, he gets up there. And the first thing he does, and I think they meant for him to be checking her pulse. But he's, his hands are, instead look like he is choking her sexually. Yes. Into it, Paige. Let's talk about it. Yes, he does. Let's. Talk about it, Paige. He's like this. And I was like, is he choking her? And then he's like, she's still alive. And I was like, oh, oh, pulse. Okay. <laughs> no, he does a full, he does a full grip. A full, he does like, a, full a handful of neck. Grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, not, there's not two fingers. No, exactly. <laughs> and they, so they end up at the hospital. They both survived, whatever. I mean, she doesn't say the safe words. So, like, I guess it's fine. Well, but... she was unconscious. So, no, it's not. <laughs> she was technically unconscious last night. I, well, but that's like, she's like, I have these vivid, like, dreams or whatever. Cause, Essentially, he's like, it really happened. She doesn't remember astral projecting. He's just the crazy guy who lived in town that was talking to people that weren't there. And she's like, I guess you're my boyfriend now because you learned you like astral projected to where the fact that she's like super okay with it and not running for the hills baffles me. Paige, not only is she, is she okay with it, she realizes that they are actually memories and that she did have to astral project to get this guy to notice her. <laughs> it's insane. I guess. I don't know. But he goes he goes to say goodbye to Sam, but he can't see or hear Sam. Right. But Sam has a speech where he's like, I wish you could see what I've become. And I was like, that's ominous. <laughs> like, <laughs> what you've become. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. But he's like, we'll always be brothers. I promise. And then he basically kidnaps that hot girl onto a boat and they sail around the world. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about the epic masterpiece, Charlie St. Cloud? Oh, boy. Top five favorite romantic movie. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's one of my favorites we've done for the podcast. <laughs> it's unhinged. Like, as far as, like, the kind of movies that this podcast is perfect for, this is one of them. Right. I loved watching it. I loved talking about it. This episode's going to be fucking bonkers, and I can't wait to hear it. But yeah, like, it's a great movie. Everyone should watch it at least once. I agree. That's why I picked it. Mikey, nailed it. I wanted to start the year off right. I didn't. I cannot wait to tell you what I picked because it's, it's on theme. Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. 
St. Cloud, fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> now, the, the first thing that we have to tackle is the fact that this was a book first. Of course it was, yeah. Yeah, The Death and Life of Charlie St. Cloud by Ben Shearwood. And so I've pulled up some information that compares and contrasts. So, Oh, nice. Perfect. Now, the book is actually set on the East Coast, which I think actually makes way more sense. Of course, of course, it's the East Coast. No, it's in it's in the West Coast. Yeah. yeah in, in the movie, it's Puget Sound. Oh, shit. No, you're right. That's wild because this is like a very East Coast thing. Right. It definitely feels like Maine. It. I, I honestly thought it was Maine, but I do remember them saying Puget Sound, which is not East Coast. So you're right. Yes. But like it just feels very East Coast to me. Well, his mom moved to Portland, which is a fact I oddly remember from watching this film. I know, but I thought she just moved across the country i mean you guys are right obviously but that's how i explained it away i was like oh god she just moved across the, the country when her son died yeah so some comparisons between the two the the bulk of the story is the same uh there's a lot more ghosts in the book so he can basically see anyone who dies in the town once he gets brought back that one time also apparently tess's story has a lot more detail and they have a lot more time together I'm guessing astral projecting or something, but yeah. So the ending is basically also the same. So this is one of those ones that's like maybe harmed by being too faithful <laughs> to the book. <laughs> yeah. But Amanda Crew, who plays Tess uh, and Zac Efron both learned how to sail for the movie. Uh, the main reason Ray Liotta took the role in the film was because his 10 year old daughter wanted to meet Zac Efron the same thing happened with Kim Basinger because her daughter Ireland wanted to meet Zac Efron. That is adorable. Both Ray Liotta and Kim Basinger were like, I'll work for one day if you let my child meet Zac Efron. Yes. Now, the one difference book to movie that I think is really interesting is in the book Sam Ages. That makes way more sense to me as far as like wanting the bikini photo shoot or whatever that would have made way more sense right and and they do still play catch that's still the thing but but sure. he ages and so they originally had that as part of the film and actually cast an actor as 18 year old sam but then they replaced uh that in the final film uh that actor was chris masoglia was originally cast as the 18 year old 18 year old version of sam uh, the scene where they have the remote-controlled toy plane into the flock of geese. The plane is real. The geese are not. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because it like the geese drop like a shit. Like it's they're bombing during the blitz. Like right, geese don't shit like they're bombers. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, like even when you just see the plane near the flock of geese, because you can't like predict where geese are going to fly. You know. Right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Amanda Crew almost did not get the role of Tess. The original first choice was unfortunately uninsurable. Any guesses as to who that was? Remember, this is 2010. Natalie Wood. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Fuck, it was Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> she was uninsurable and had court-ordered commitments at the time, and so she had to be replaced. There you go. Uh, so Augustus Prue, who plays, as we have been calling him, Stor Russell Storbrand, that part, was originally written as an older Russian immigrant, which explains why he <laughs> sings the Ra Ra Rasputin song. However, they rewrote it once they saw Augustus Prue's audition tape, but they didn't replace everything, including the Ra Ra Rasputin song. Okay. This is one of those books where there was a bidding war before the book was even formally published, oh. and Universal won the rights. It's rumored that they paid between 500000 and $1 million for the rights to this book. Good for the author. 
Uh, it must have been before they read it. I bet the book's better. I feel like there are parts of this that would play better in a book, but this still would be like a... I imagine it's a lot like a Nicholas Sparks yes. kind of like yes. 100%. If you like those kind of books, I'm sure it's great, whatever. Uh, but Zach Efron dropped out of Footloose to be in this instead. Smart. I think that's a smart decision. Me too. Yeah, because that Footloose remake was. It's not the famous Footloose. It's not the Footloose that everyone has talked about and will talk about forever. You're not going to ever be Kevin Bacon in the 80s, you know? Right. So like, yep. yeah, just do your own thing that's bonkers and fucking weird and make a name for yourself some other way. And Zac Efron's a great actor. Like, he's gone on to do amazing shit. But nothing as good as this. No, this is the peak for me as far as Efron goes. So because of where the film is set, they needed geese. But because they filmed in Vancouver, they had to CGI most of the geese or shoot them separately from the actors because geese are a protective species. And so, like, Canada geese could not be used. They used other varieties of geese that were not protected. Interesting. Okay. The director of this had previously directed Zac Efron the year before in 17 again. Ooh, that's a pretty good movie right there. Ooh, that's a good one we haven't done. We have not done 17 again. I wanted to pick it. I've never seen it. But it was like, it was right after he had passed away and we had just done oh, Fool's Rush yeah. In. So we were like, maybe... Because I was going to do like a Matt perry verse. There's not that many of them. <laughs> I know, I know. But I was going to knock him out. And then like literally the week yes. our Fool's Rush In episode came out, he passed away. And I was like, maybe we shouldn't. Actually, I think Paige was like, maybe we it shouldn't was me. do it. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do it again anymore. And I was like, fine. As resident Friends fan, love him. Gonna watch some Friends. But we should not do And this. we'll get back to it. We'll do him eventually. Oh, yeah, but we yeah, were yeah. like, we'll just give it a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, this is a fun, fun fact that may, may be real. Maybe it's a corn fact. I'll let you guys decide. Zac Efron wanted Cool Ranch Doritos and Diet Coke <laughs> in his dressing room every day. They are his go-to cheat snacks, similar to Mikey Randolph of the Horror <laughs> Virgin and Romancing the Podcast fame. Oh, boy. This is going to get old very quickly for me, I think. I feel like this is maybe an accurate fact because, yes, Mikey, you do like Cool Ranch Doritos. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that Zac Efron enjoys them either. Not that much. I do not have any Cool Ranch Doritos in my house. I don't eat a ton of chips. But you do like Diet Coke. I do like Diet Coke. I'd like some stuff, but it is weird. I think it's hilarious. I It is making me laugh. It's going to be a problem. They're going to remove them eventually. Yes. But whatever. But I have a real one. My real one's going to be removed from Santa Boot Camp because of this shit. <laughs> I know, because you were I actually do, in it. I you guys are cheapening my legacy. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Charlie St. Cloud in 2010? 17 million. Yeah, that's kind of, I'm, I was going to say like 18. It's probably 25. Mikey, you think 25 is how much his budget was? Come on. Oh, God. Is it is more? It, is it way more than it's that? It's $44 million, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nuts amount of money for the way this film looks, is acted, all that stuff. Like, it's nuts. But oh, that's how God. much it cost. Okay. This movie came out on July 30th, 2010. It was 5th. That week in the theaters, it was beat by Inception was number one. Dinner for Schmucks was number two. Salt was number three. Despicable Me was number four. And Charlie St. Cloud was number five. 
What do you think Charlie St. Cloud brought in in its first week? Ooh. I'm going to say 17 at this point. I feel like this did well because I remember people seeing it because it was Zac Efron. Sure. And so I'm going to say this did like 10 its first week. Okay. You're on either side of it. It was actually $12.3 million in its opening weekend. It was in the theaters for seven weeks total, but was never again in the top five. Although it was eighth its second week. But after that, it fell out of the top 10 and then eventually out of theaters after a seven-week run. So what do you think it made domestically at the box office? 40, like right below budget. Paige, what do you think? 32. Paige, you are closer. It was $31.2 million domestically. Now, technically, you could say this movie was saved by the international market, which gave it an extra $17.2 million, putting its worldwide total up at $48.4 million, which technically is $4.4 million more than the budget, but if you factor in the marketing, this movie probably lost money in the theaters. It's probably made money back over time. Like I paid to run it tonight, so it's still sort of making money. And I bet it's made money at this point, but it was not a success in theaters. But that is your box office. So, Mikey, you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scale is how romantic we find the film today. I'm changing the scale due to research I've read. Of it's a scale of one to four. I You've tried to do this a bunch of times, and I feel like it makes it more confusing for me. No, 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 no. Research says that is the best scale to use. But then, like, if people go back and, like, track romance scales yeah. over time or... Like, we're just locked in at 10. We are locked in at 10. Yes. We're, I don't, I, we're not locked in at anything. We, we, you know, we've moved hosts. We can move the scale. You know what I'm saying? We, not on this show. We haven't moved anything. Well, we just made the scale up. It wasn't even in all the episodes. That's true. It wasn't in every. I'm going to give this a two on a scale of one to four. What about other times when we've given other ratings that are higher than four? I don't think I ever have, but. You can do math. You can do math to change, like, to do the scales. I'll, I'll send out a tutorial on the Facebook group. You're just making extra work for everybody now. Yeah. Well, it's good to have hobbies. It's just like a, it's like a meta thing. What? Anyway, I picked two. I'm going to go ahead and listen. I'm here for an out of four scale. That's fine. I'm trying it here. I wish we could do it on Horror Virgin because all of our numbers scale so low. Well, that's, I mean, that's because we tend to watch certain types of movies that seem to scare Todd more than you and I. Or you and I have already seen them. Yes. So we're naturally going to be lower. You Neither of you were here for this. I brought up a one to ten scale for like a scary scale was terrible. And it should have been a one to five is what I was saying at the time. Yeah. And I was like, we need to name each level of the, the scale. Oh, that would have been a great, that would have been a cute idea. Yes. Out of four, I would give this a 3.5. Yes, this is what I'm talking about. They've got chemistry. They have astral progest sex. This is what I'm talking about. This is my type of movie. I was here for it. I gave them a two because I am concerned for her well-being and whether or not she is aware of the sex that they had. She is. She says she remembered it. Is it real sex? She No, she's like, I have dreams, and it's not real sex, but like he uses that to be like, we should be together. And I'm like, girl, don't trust him. He talks to people who aren't there. But Paige, in all fairness, during those dreams, she was soaking wet. Oh, because she was dying of hypothermia on an island? I get it. <laughs> but also because they had just watered the grass at the graveyard. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And three inches is a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but Paige, I think they had a lot of chemistry. I was here for the romance. But 
I wouldn't put it super high on like the roar scale because it cuts away. I would give this if we're doing an out of four for like the sexiness scale, it's a one. Right. Because it's not super sexy. I mean, the most skin you ever see is when he's technically saving your life by doing the skin to skin contact. I think it's at least if we're doing the roar scale out of four, it's at least a two. No. Because I think a one is like no chemistry. No, 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 no. That's not a chemistry scale. This is like a do they get it on scale and do we see it? This is lion roar. You gave the scene in 365 where she ties him to a chair with her nylons a 2.5. Right. So like. So this is definitely a one. If you think him putting his body against her body to keep her alive while she had hypothermia is as sexy as the nylon blowjob scene, you're insane. She, he did choke her first. He did choke her first, Mikey. <laughs> God. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to give it a two on the romance scale because I thought it was in spite of everything. It still felt a little ro It still felt romantic. It did. Two out of four for me. And also, I want to hear the feedback. What kind of scale do you like, listeners? And some, you know, we'll see. I want some feedback on it. So tweet at us. And we also need more reviews. Yeah. Jump into the Facebook group. Let us know what's going on with the scale. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear about it in the Facebook group. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> That's our romance scale. Well, Mikey, thank you for that romance scale. This week, Mikey, you picked Charlie St. Cloud. And honestly, I don't think I'll ever recover. And I don't think I'll ever be as happy as I was during this movie and during this conversation. Next week, I am going to continue the theme of, I guess, people who talk to the dead. Because I'm going to make you guys watch a movie I haven't seen, believe it or not. I missed this one when it was in theaters. But it's a movie that features Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank from 2007 called P.S. I Love You. Oh, my God. I, I know I saw that in theaters and I have no recollection of it. Mikey, do you, have you seen it? I, I have seen it. It has Kevin Smith in it correct no no you're thinking of catch and release which came out around the same time it did but that's not this movie let me read you the synopsis of this movie i have seen this film a young widow discovers that her late husband has left her 10 messages intended to help ease her pain and start a new life I watched the trailer for this before I decided it was my pick and I was both laughing and crying and I was like we have to do this movie. This movie is sad. It is sad. I remember it being bad. I remember not liking it in the theaters but I couldn't tell you why. I don't remember anything else about it. I cannot wait to see it. I'm excited about it. But that's your homework for next week. So watch P.S. I Love You and uh, just enjoy the hilarity that will no doubtedly be our episode on it. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes, son. Damn, you're prepared. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Scrabble Ship. Well, what does Scrabble Ship have to say? You make me feel all sunny inside is the title oh. of the review. Oh, I love that. Not a fan of romantic movies. Same. But how can I possibly resist you three and Melissa Joan Hart? Five stars. <laughs> Holiday in handcuff. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review and it's my turn to read a uh, comment under one of our spotify episodes this one came in just a few hours ago on our win a date with tad hamilton episode and it's from amanda thomas and they say i was a 15 year old in 2004 in rural west virginia and we did have cell phones but it was a treat for us as teens and there were all the same restrictions that you guys mentioned and the signal was terrible. That that tracks. I, I do remember having a very detailed conversations about how terrible cell phones were back in the day. 
So thank you for co-signing that for us, Amanda. We appreciate it. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review or me read your Spotify comment, do one of those things, and we will read them. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show oh. SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us in a graveyard. Oh, <laughs> two <laughs> astral perlesian. <laughs> Damn, girl. I love it when you bag that astral projection up. You a fine ghosty fucker, won't you back that astral projection up? <laughs> <laughs> Bye.